0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey! Hey! Hey!
1: Hey! 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 Oh! 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 Yes! Yes! Whoa! I am pumped
0: up. <laughs> I'm jacked up. <laughs> no reason. No
1: reason. No, no reason at all.
0: I'm um, just feeling, you know, it's Wednesday, halfway through the week. I'm going to go see James Bond on Friday. Fucking me too. Excited. I'm so excited oh, I'm going to. I cannot wait. Yep. I cannot fucking wait. Ryan Brady converted me into a James Bond Lover and fanatic.
1: Really? Well, he was a bit of a James yeah. Bond himself, I do have to say. He was,
0: yeah. He was womanizer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> assassin. Very materialistic. <laughs> <laughs> Looked great um, in a suit. And saved lives, quite frankly. Yeah. So I can't wait
1: for that. Why else am I excited? I don't know, babe, just to see your face. I'm excited to see you in our merch Sweatshirt, it looks good. We've got it in red. I haven't seen that color yet. That's hot, and that's hot, queen. Yes, I'm up um, okay, here in so my um, in my furs, looking like some kind of goddamn lady, heiress, because it's cold. Um,
0: yeah, I bet your place gets really cold in the winter because you're in an old, I mean, old rickety,
1: <laughs> you're in an old rickety ship, pirate ship <laughs> building over here
0: so here we are last week we talked about embarrassing things it was great Um, we are gonna dive in with some listener feedback anyone who's not following us on the Instagram first of all why? yeah second of all first of all fuck you um, no oh sorry not fuck you okay good (laughs) get over there follow us it would be really helpful um unfortunately the entertainment industry has come to a place where if you don't have followers on instagram you may as well just be fucking dead yeah so if you're not following us please follow us on instagram our handle is at the lucy and
1: annabelle show okay yeah and also if you guys haven't rated and reviewed the podcast on itunes that would be incredible we love you all it really would
0: Because as we develop the show and progress with our different little ideas and projects, people look at that stuff to decide whether we are worthy of their time and attention. That's right. Um, And we want to keep this thing
1: going. So last week we talked about embarrassment. People loved this (laughs) episode of embarrassing things. They lost their mind. I was getting texts and messages at all hours of the day and night. I'm like just thinking about it and I'm already ready <laughs> to just you're covering yourself again like I can't
0: <laughs> some of the things you guys wrote in on the Instagram made me really feel bad I can't wait to hear what are they um okay so one of my favorites probably yeah. my favorite was I gave a blowjob while I was using my dad's Uber account and got him and his company banned no <gasps> what do you mean <laughs> I don't even know what you just said she gave a blozer in the Uber and got banned. And she was using, I guess, her dad's account.
1: How um, is that allowed in an Uber? What would you do if you were the driver it's and not. somebody did that?
0: Do you know people, like, fuck their Uber drivers and stuff? Like, that's the thing. And, like, it, we've got people in our family in orbit who are Uber drivers, and they get propositioned a lot for sex. Wow. Um, another one which I really like. There was a lot of period stuff where like... Oh, really? Yeah, I guess people are still really like humiliated by period stuff, which I get. I feel like anything that's about your bum bum is embarrassing. Whether it's your front bum bum or your back bum bum. (laughs) I feel like anything that comes from the undercarriage is humiliating. Regardless of what anyone wants to be like normalize periods okay yeah but then we have to talk about th- where the period comes from which is the front bum and it's embarrassing
1: <laughs> tell me a period one no wait, no don't okay. why did i just ask for that i don't want yeah that. yeah,
0: know it's good oh my God. dad walked in the bathroom my dad walked in the bathroom without knocking and i was putting in a tampon
1: oh no
0: i would just die i'd hate that um, there was lots of period ones. I'm gonna do. An- I'm gonna grab another period one from the archives. Hold on. Instagram is really acting a fool. Instagram recently, has had agree. a
1: conniption this week.
0: You know, Facebook and all that went down this week. Yeah. Well, it's all owned by the same person. Yeah, and so WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook—anything owned by Facebook went down. And then I later found out that it all went down two hours before the uh, whistleblower went to speak in the trial the Facebook whistleblower so there's a big court case about Facebook and how like it's damaging children and it whatever blah blah I don't know enough about it to know all of the intimate details of what the case exactly is but a former Facebook employee and whistleblower was taking the stand in the trial and two hours before could you even believe it could you imagine it could you have predicted it? What are Facebook the chances? Facebook goes down. Oh, my God. And, you know, I wonder all the things that may have just disappeared and got lost during that time. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, if you if that was something that you were interested in doing as as Facebook. It would be a good um, opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it was just really, I guess, you know, just one of those things that happens. So, anyway.
1: Um. <laughs> just going to leave that there.
0: The other things that were were embarrassing that people said were
1: some people were just like, "Oh, where do I begin?" My whole life's been an embarrassment. Yeah, well, like we said, existing is humiliating. I actually
0: have a period one. I think I was I had just started my period, and I basically dressed exactly how I dress now when I was twelve. Um, I was wearing a hoodie <laughs> I can that see was grey. <laughs> you do like dress a baggy, like, <laughs> um, like a like a. I actually do. Even when I'm dressed up, I dress like a 12-year-old. But I was wearing like a gray hoodie and I just got my period and I changed my tampon and I guess like some blood was on my sleeve. And my best friend was a boy and he was like, what's that blood on your sleeve? And I was like.
1: You could have played that off though. Oh my God. You could have said you had a bloody
0: nose. I did play it off, obviously. But the point is, is that the embarrassment still happened to me. I still had to look down and be like, there is blood from my front bum on my arm. <laughs> and a boy saw it and now he's just asked me about it. Mortifying. Mortifying. So sorry everyone's embarrassed about their periods. Yeah, Look, they're not going anywhere for a long time. So just get used to it and get yourself a pair of thinks. It's not an ad.
1: Yeah. They're just great
0: knickers that hold your period in.
1: Wow, you just reminded me of my most embarrassing thing as a young person, but I can tell it later because we're on front bum stuff right now. No, 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 tell us. Oh, man. I remember being about that age, 12, 13, and I was in junior high at the time, which you don't have in England, but in America, you go to one through six, and then seven and eight are junior high, and then you go to high school. Yeah, yeah very vulnerable age you don't want to exist at all no, right I don't want to be embarrassed no sure. and you're you're liking boys or girls you're having sexual feelings and i became so embarrassed of this is going to sound so crazy but two things my hair my hair i would okay. slick it back in a bun because yeah. i didn't want boys to see my hair and think, and and associate it with me having pubic hair. Wow! I know. And the other thing was, I—that's twisty. It is. I don't know how I came up with that, but I was mortified of my hair being down in any way. So I had You're not a hairy person. No, though. not at all. I have like this is very fine, light hair. <laughs>
0: And your, like body's not. I hurting. don't even have any arm hair or anything. Unlike me, I'm like <laughs> bloody basically wearing like a fuzzy fucking my whole from literally uh, my eyebrows down is just fuzzy, like <laughs> no. fuzzy, fuzzy. I've got like a fuzzy back, a fuzzy bum, a fuzzy everything, but <laughs> like full on like trophy. I'm just gonna you be honest do about not. it. I'm gonna be honest here for any uh, other. Any other um, (laughs) women out there or men who feel some type of way about their fuzziness, don't worry. Some of us have fuzzy bums. I mean, I've definitely got peach fuzz. You and I are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yours is pretty. Mine is (laughs) eyebrow raising.
1: So carry on. So the other thing I was mortified about was eating. I didn't want to eat in front of boys because then I would think they would associate it with me going to the bathroom.
0: Oh, okay. I see. You really worked
1: backwards from from each. So those two things for me were really difficult during those years, and then I got bro- I got broken up with. So I spent an entire year eating my lunch in a classroom because I was too mortified to go out and see people after I got broken up with. And that is kind of how I became an actor because I joined poetry club. Because it took place during lunch, and mm-hmm. so I needed somewhere to go, so I, I joined Poetry You needed a club. safe place to go. Yeah, and that really sparked my love of Shakespeare and all that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I joined touch typing lessons because Jeremy Kingsley. Oh, I remember um, Jeremy Kingsley. Yeah, we never put that episode out. Oh, we didn't. So Annabelle
1: doesn't just, either. she doesn't just call this man Jeremy, she has to call him by his first and Jeremy last Kinsley. name. Jeremy Kingsley. But first, maybe first great love of my life, potentially,
0: was Jeremy Kingsley.
1: Yeah, I mean, didn't you, um, like, carve his name into your furniture in your room? Into everything. At my mum's house, every time we paint a room
0: or renovate something, it's I lo- I heart JK. Ev- everywhere you turn. So he's got a partner now and a baby. Maybe he's married. I'm not sure. So um You know, my chances uh, have have gone slim to none at this point. Yeah. Were they always slim to none, though? No, they were high. (laughs) High chances. According to... But I joined joined touch typing because he was at touch typing. Oh. So I have him to thank for in the way that you've got your boyfriend who dumped you. Yeah. I've got... Danny Brinkenhoff. Danny
1: motherfucking Brinkenhoff. Where is he now? God damn it, Danny Brinkenhoff. Thank you for sparking my love of Shakespeare by humiliating me
0: and thank you Jeremy Kingsley for teaching me to touch type and um, also how cruel love can be Yeah, taught me a lot wow okay so that's a recap on last week's episode and some of our most embarrassing moments today we need to do some news
1: we have some news. It's not world news. It's not important news. It's Lucy, Lucy and <laughs> What was
0: that? Why did you go into slow mo? <laughs> Why did you? I don't want to record it because it gives me such a good laugh every week. I know. (laughs) Um, Okay, what do you got for us, Annabelle? Okay. So... Give us the juice. I've mostly just picked this out to trigger you. Um, Oh, great. (laughs) So, as you know, I'm a big fan of Bridget Jones. Did you know that? Uh,
1: Not especially.
0: I watched it a lot of times. I like it very much. And as I think most of us can relate to Bridget Jones. Um, can you relate to Bridget Jones?
1: I was going to make some stupid joke about how I can't, but of course I can. Yeah, absolutely. Okay,
0: good. What is your most relatable Bridget Jones memory, let's just say from the first film, in case
1: you like can't remember any of the other ones? Um,
0: like, What's the most relatable moment in Bridge that you'd say is like?
1: Like where she's, like where she's in the room with the guy she really likes and then the, just the stupidest shit starts coming out of her mouth and she doesn't know what she's saying and she's just trying to back out politely.
0: Okay, so conversational things. Okay, yeah.
1: so I would say
0: the big knickers moment for me definitely uh, definitely feels relatable. I am somebody that doesn't really have, you know, I'm not organized enough to have, nice knickers, they're all a bit comfy, I'm going to be honest, they're comfy and they're small but they're comfy, so if a man takes down my trousers or dress or whatever he's taking off what he's going to find there is something that definitely looks comfortable, (laughs) and also (laughs) never once not once in my life, have my legs and pussy been shaved at the same time so, you know, it's like, he might find the legs and go, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a great time, and then the thigh not shaved full bush massive knickers so for me that's just like a moment where I just swallow me just murder me and then the man likes it and you're like yeah you're you're pretending to like it why is it so hard for you to get them shaved at the same time don't know I just can't do it it's just not a skill that I've got in my life Mm -hmm. I've never developed it wow because I'll be in the shower and I'll be like yeah yeah yeah, okay I'll shave my legs and (laughs) No one's going to see it. And then I'll be like, actually, I want to wear shorts. And then it's like, okay. I my pussy's not shaved and like, like my pubes are showing. I wear G-strings and (laughs) I wear thongs exclusively. But they're like, they're not like, it's not (laughs) like, oh yeah, let me just put my La Perla thong on so you can be titillated (laughs) by the lacy, silky thong. It's like, no, this G-string is about utility. It's comfortable. (laughs) It's cotton. Nothing's hurting me. Nothing's bothering me. There's an acceptable gusset region. Everything is.
1: (laughs) I do have two sets of underwear. I have to say, I have like the sexy drawer, and then I have the everyday drawer. So, yeah, you know, for like Friday nights, I'll dip into the sexy drawer. (laughs) I'd say the
0: other moment I relate to is when she walk when she like thinks somebody's in the house, and then she's like, "Oh, I feel like such a fucking idiot. Nobody's in there." And then she leaves, and she sees the cardigan on the side, like. The number of times I found myself in a situation where I'm like, oh, what a crazy bitch, me thinking, like, something's going on. And then you realize something is going on and you're like, for fuck's sake. And you've, like, let yourself be gaslit. Yeah. Into and you doubted you're yourself. You're, like, a mental bitch. Yeah, no. No. Yeah, if you think something's going on, it is- chances are something's motherfucking going on. Exactly. So
1: how does this tie into the news? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't really, actually. you wouldn't be a very good newscaster. You'd be off on some fucking tangent. Or would I? Or would I be amazing? Because
0: people would tune in to hear all really specific parts of the news that are slightly related, but not really related. Yeah,
1: the the network would hate you. (laughs) Yeah, this is a terrible show.
0: (laughs) Renee Zellweger looks unrecognizable in controversial fat suit as she transforms into convicted killer... Pam Hop, after yo yo dieting for Bridget Jones, gave her panic attacks. So apparently, um, Renee found she's naturally, or naturally, whatever. She likes to be a size zero, and she had to gain 30 LBs to play bridge for the 2001 romantic comedy Bridget Jones. And she said in an interview once that it made her really feel like mentally freaked out she found eating like that and gaining weight and feeling that way to be very distressing and she did it for the film but that she did, didn't ever want to do it again Fair enough. um so she's playing this murderer who i don't know anything about america loves murderers um, i've never heard of that murder she's serving a life sentence shooting a disabled man She pled not guilty in 2011 murder trial for her friend, Elizabeth Betsy Faria, who was stabbed 55. She's done, seems like she's done a few killings, this woman. So they're making a movie about her because you guys love murderers. And um, Renee is playing her. And so she's had to wear a fat suit because she refuses to gain what here I'm going to say would be 150 pounds to 200 pounds. All right.
1: Well, I would agree with her. Okay.
0: Right? Exactly, exactly. My question is so it says here, there's a lot of controversy around actors and fat suits, and I think the controversy is legitimate, she told the LA Times. I think fat phobia is real, and I think to pretend otherwise causes further harm. And it also says here that both Gwenny Paltrow, one of my favorites, and what's her name? Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Ladies. Sarah Paulson both wore fat suits. Gwyneth Paltrow, for her role in *Shallow How. Yep. she called it a disaster and she felt humiliated while wearing it in public. Paulson said that she actually apologized for wearing a fat suit in the FX series *Impeachment: American Crime*. Why? Story. Why
1: would you apologize? Um,
0: <sighs> that's what I don't really understand. I think people find it to be fat phobic. But you are Um, an
1: actor playing a role. It's not about anything to do with being fat. It's being true to the character.
0: I agree with you. I don't really know what the issue is with wearing a fat suit. If you're not a fat person and you're going to do a role that is somebody that weighs like 200 pounds or 300 pounds, are you, sorry, are you like... Expected to gain 300 pounds. First of all, that's, that's dangerous. Second of all, what if you don't fucking want to? Sorry. Sorry that somebody's offended. That I don't want to gain 300 pounds. It's got fuck all to do with you. Don't go and see the film. We are actors. If you're that upset by we it. We are
1: actors and we transform into the character. This also gets into the area of like people being now pissed if a straight person is playing a gay character or a gay person is playing a straight character or... It's, it's, Uh, you need to just back up off the craft of acting and remind yourself what acting means. It's pretend. It's about telling stories and creating characters. And that's what we do.
0: I think that people really,
1: this goes back to the
0: conversation that we've had about like, people just really being like, about themselves. And it's like, well, I'm fat or I'm gay or I'm skinny or I'm straight and I want to see, I want to see me reflected back to me. And I get it. I get it with some stuff completely. Like, you know, as we all know, I am a black supremacist. So when it comes to race, I'm like 100% get it, understand, hear for it, agree 100% of the way. But when it comes to gender... Size, um, like prosthetics for face things and body things. I'm just like, I just, okay, <laughs> this is controversial. Okay, so this is that is this is controversial. I regret this new segment. Um, okay, so <laughs> Jesus race, and then also disability for me. Right, are the two where I think there should be representation, and it should be like preferably, well, obviously no one's doing a role and doing blackface in this economy but or anything like that. But for instance, I think if somebody's in a wheelchair in the role, like maybe try and get somebody that's an actor that's actually in a wheelchair. I think that is slightly... That is a line that gets my hackles up a little bit. And I'm not
1: going to be offended about it, but it just makes me feel a bit cringe. Yeah, I agree. I think you should please bring in all kinds of people to play roles. If you're going to hire Gwyneth Paltrow, you can't blame her if she doesn't want to gain 200 pounds. Go hire a fat actress then.
0: Exactly, 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 exactly. And I also just think like, what if that's not the movie that they want to make? And they don't, you know, like for instance, they don't want to use a breakout star. They they the only way they got funding for their film was with a name. Was was with a name. Okay, so then obviously the problem then is going back to like, okay, the way films are funded and the way things are chosen and blah blah blah. blah. That's the nature
1: of this business though. You can't you can't exactly, bitch about that. Exactly.
0: I think that people are expecting a little bit too much of Hollywood.
1: They don't understand the process.
0: They don't understand the process, but also, with all due respect, it's a world of fantasy and make believe. Yes, we're not we're not in a, a university system, or you know, or a boardroom here, and we're not in a lab curing cancer. We're making fantasy a reality for people to escape, and it's not. I don't know if it's up to the people, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow to fucking solve the world's wrongs when it comes
1: to representation. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a fucking film. It's really not. And she's just an actor trying to get a job. You know, that's what we are. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one.
1: It's, I want everybody to get a chance. Of course I do. I, I love seeing. Diverse people, diverse people. You're seeing these actresses. I mean, one of my... Uh, idols is um, the girl from Oklahoma on Broadway who won the Tony, and she's in a wheelchair. I mean, it's fa- It's fantastic to see everybody getting a shot, yeah. as they should, but I do believe that you can't try to meddle in the way that Hollywood is run, because it is a process of names to get something made, and unfortunately, Joe Schmoe on the corner, you know, isn't going to be considered sometimes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think the fat stuff for me is like the bottom of the rung of stuff I give a shit about. I don't fucking care. I don't care about fat representation. I don't need to care about fat representation. All I need to do is go outside of my house. And it's like, there, it is. Like it's everywhere you turn is fat people. Why are we having this conversation? It is normal in America to be
1: overweight. We're the fattest place on earth.
0: <laughs> and you're like, where, where, where? Someone's wearing a fat suit. Sorry, motherfucker. Some people don't want to be fat. I
1: can't tell you how many roles I've lost out to fat girls. Really? I mean, I'll see the person they ended up casting and I go, what? I mean, it's it's okay. Like you went a different direction, but... I would not say that there is a lack of representation for fat people on television.
0: And as a small person, I can tell you that not only is there not a lack of representation, it's like when I go to the shops, I want to buy clothes. For instance, sometimes it's like not clothes small enough. So it goes both ways. I know what you mean. Brands and stores where I'm like, this is the smallest size it doesn't fit yeah I'm not gonna cry about it I'm just gonna shop somewhere else and if you don't like Renee Zellweger's fat suit then don't fucking watch no, the don't program don't go the- and shut
1: the fuck up <laughs> exactly <laughs> Lucy tell us your news alright so the um headline here is that pissing on Basquiat Christie's the auction house is selling Warhol's portrait of the artist Basquiat it's Made with pee, and it's being sold for $20 million. That's disgusting. It was made in 1982 when the two were good friends. Oh, God, men are so
0: disgusting.
1: Yep. So Warhol took a few Polaroids of Basquiat and... I'm looking at it now. What? It says Andy Warhol piss paintings. And then he politely named this process the oxidation process. It involved him urinating onto a surface, and then the image from the Polaroid is transferred onto that surface, and the uric acid discolors the metal, creating pockmarks and rust, infusing... Yeah, so it's like this very unique thing he came up with. And it's going for $20 million, so I don't know who's buying, but... Don't know if I'd want that for Christmas. When I hear a
0: story like that, I just think, fucking men. I mean, can you imagine a woman doing that? They've met up. They've met up. Yeah, a woman would probably do it with her gross period blood. They've met up. They've gone, oh yeah, men. They probably rub their dicks together and then they've gone like, he's like, probably wants to fuck Basquiat and then he's like, I'm going to make a picture of Basquiat and then I'm going to fucking piss on it and it's like, confusing like do i want to fuck this guy or do i want to kill him do i, or I hate him or do so I'm i like gonna, him we'll make a picture and i'm gonna get my dick out and i'm gonna piss on it and it's just so
1: male i know what i'm getting you for christmas i'm gonna do a portrait of you and then pee all over it and then give it to you oh god <laughs> Anyway, and then in 30 years it'll sell for a 100 million dollars that that's my first news story. Now, the second thing I want to talk to you about is the Arc de Triomphe in Paris is a massive monument, and it has been wrapped in fabric, and apparently it is an art project. It was, it was in the works for 60 years, and it was finally unveiled a few months ago, a few weeks ago, maybe. So the artist actually died in May of last year, Bulgarian-born artist Christo Said that he was flabbergasted that he was finally given permission to wrap one of the most recognizable buildings in Paris. These rolls of material were massive. They each weighed over a ton. It's wrapped in red rope. I'm not sure I understand why this needed to happen. That's what I can't get from all the interviews. I was wondering if I could pick your brain about it because I'm kind of confused.
0: I guess the feeling I get from it is like, I think of, I think of, france think of paris and i think food sex fashion clothing fabric i'm like marie antoinette i'm like ball gowns and couture and i'm sitting on the park looking out at the river and i'm eating and the wine tastes good and you know things smell different i can hear records and i'm at the vintage store it's like very it's like a very sumptuous place Mm -hmm. paris So I look at the Arc de Triomphe being wrapped in this fabric. I find it romantic. I find it absurd. Um, And I like that it there is no origin story
1: seemingly, and it's just making us go, but why, but why, but why? God, your experience is different than mine. When I looked at it, I thought they were fumigating it for termites. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're so American sometimes. I don't need a reason for that one. Yeah, I, I I, don't at the end of the day either. I And I wanted to hear your expertise on it. I don't have any expertise. So that's the news for today. Really weird news.
0: I want to see the Ark to triumph in a fat suit. Yes. So this week, we're going to talk about help. And last week, I shared an anecdote about being on a walk And a lady, an older lady, not old, just older, was struggling to get into her vintage car. It seems she had locked the keys inside. And I said, would you like some help? That looks really hard. You know, she's grimacing. She's making noises, being dramatic. I said, oh, excuse me, do you want some help? She went fucking ballistic at me. She said, I don't want help. Stop being a weirdo. And then screamed, you didn't just help me.
1: Amazing. Just
0: as a little brief recap in case anyone missed it. And it really, my reaction to her is not what I wish it had been. I said, okay, go fuck yourself then. And I walked off. What I wish I'd said is, "Why? what's so wrong with a bit of help? And that got me thinking. Um, and I texted you about it mm-hmm. and said, can we talk about this? And you said, yeah, baby, let's talk about it. So w- today we're going to talk about why is it so bloody hard to accept help? Yeah. Did you see that woman again this week? You know, I went on a walk the other night, and it was dark. I did a night walk, and she—it's so mad. She's actually like she makes me laugh so much now. I heard her car coming from, I think, about a mile away because it's very old, rickety old, like MG or something. Mm. And she came zooming past me so fast she was going over the speed bumps like she was going to take off it was like Cruella DeVille going <laughs> to get the Dalmatians God. Yeah, she's driving all over the place speeding towards me the car is so loud just mad as a hatter Jeez. just hands on the wheel driving as fast as she can beep, beep, burp, get out my way just you know and I said there she bloody goes and I just burst out laughing can we have her on the podcast? Um, I'm fascinated oh to my know. What's... Well, I'm I'm actually slightly scared of her. She seems volatile, to say the least. So I don't think I'll be approaching her again. But the point is, is it really got me thinking about help and how I thought, I started asking myself, was I wrong to ask if she needed help? And I'm always really wary with older people, especially not to just presume that because somebody's older, they need help. That could be offensive. You know, I, I always feel a bit guilty when I'm in London and I'm on the tube and I see an old person, I say, would you like to sit down? And they're like, no, you know, English people are a bit different about things. So they giggle and they say, no, don't worry, I'm not that old, you know, or they'll Mm -hmm. make a joke about it to make everyone comfortable. You know, some older people don't want to be treated that way. And I completely understand and respect that my mum is that way. She becomes indignant if you try to provide her with any assistance based on her age.
1: I have so Um, much to say about this regarding my grandfather who just died and I cared for him the last three years of his life. He was, didn't want help, didn't want any help. He got to the point where he would go to the opera almost every night and at the end he was falling in the street because he refused for me to get him a car. He wanted to walk and he couldn't walk and he would fall down in the gutter and the police would find him and they'd have to bring him home. And so many more things. I mean, right before he died, he still wanted to drink his coffee, even though he was severely dehydrated and they were trying to get him to drink water. I said, fuck off. Let him have his coffee. He's going to, yeah, you know, he's, he's dying. He's 97. Yeah. And it was so hot for him because he wanted it scalding hot all the time. And he was in his hospital bed and he was trying to lift it up to his mouth, but it was taking like 30 minutes for him to lift this cup up to his mouth. And I kept trying to help him. Hold it under, mm-hmm. and he was like getting really mad at me. And it's frustrating when you are with someone like that who refuses help because they want to do it themselves. It, it, there, there's a lot of aspects to the help topic, and that was yeah. that was hard. That was very hard to get him to do what was good for, you know, just to help him. Your so your mom's that way. Yeah, very much so.
0: She sooner than ask for help or accept help she'll let everything go up in flames and that it's so fucking annoying
1: so Um, where where it's
0: it's so normal i think it's like so many people are that way my reaction if somebody says to me if i'm struggling with grocery bags or something and someone says to me do you need help i go oh no 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 don't worry well about 18 months ago well longer than that now i say like a couple years ago I noticed myself, I kept doing that. And one of the things that Ryan really encouraged me to do from the moment we met is accept help.
1: It's really important Um, to accept help.
0: Very early on in our relationship, we had spent the night together and I was like, gonna go home. Um, And he said, can I get you an Uber? And I said, no, 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 I'm fine. I can get it myself. And he went, for God's sake, Annabelle, just let somebody help you. He'd been working with me at this point for some time now, so he knew me from that context of, like, you know, probably being difficult to work with. Um, <laughs> at that time, I I was. And it, it, I'll never forget the way he said it, his frustration, and from that point on, I was really mindful of, like, accepting help and trying to acknowledge when I needed help and all of those things. I mean, obviously, no one's perfect and gets this stuff right all the time, but... Now if somebody says to me, Can I help with your groceries? I say,
1: Yeah, that would be great. Thanks. I'm really mindful of it. I accept help all the time, even when I don't need it. I allow the other person to give to me. It gives you perspective on the process and you know you know the joy you get when someone lets you help them. Yeah. Why would you rob that from someone else? Why would you deprive them yeah. of the opportunity to feel that joy that we get in giving? And so when you are accepting help, you're actually giving.
0: Yeah, I I think I think I agree with that. Um I think that there are a lot of reasons why people don't want to accept help that are probably deep rooted like you had you had looked up some different case studies and research on the reasons why uh people might not
1: want to accept help yeah Um, i was reading that it goes way back to our beginnings when we're in a school setting and we feel like our ability is being compared to the other kids around us yeah and then you don't and then you don't want to speak up when you need help because you don't want to be the weak one and you don't want to be the one that doesn't get it you don't want to be the stupid one you don't want to stick out in any way you want to you want to belong. You want to be a part of the group. And we just learn to not ask for what we need, don't we?
0: Yeah. And I think there are so many, especially in school, and especially now, like teachers are so maxed out that it's kind of like, yeah, you know, can you just get on with it? There's maybe a vibe of help not being necessarily available to students. It's very embarrassing as a child, isn't it, to put your hand up in front of 30 classmates and go, I don't understand. So I think that there's that nat- very natural stuff, but then I think there's also like much more deep-seated things. Like with that woman the other day, I could tell that it, just, it hit a nerve with her that was just unbelievable. Um, I think that when you suffer with depression or other mental health issues, Accepting help is like accepting that you're not well. And failure, you know, and failure that's, in a way. That's one thing that I really started thinking about after that exchange was, was all the people I know and have known through my life who either could be alive today or could be living much happier lives as a result of just... Seeking help, guidance, comfort—all of those things. I know a handful of fiercely independent women who really don't need any anyone for anything, and you know they wear it as like a badge of honor. And I—I I think that unfortunately, some people really are super independent and don't need anything and don't need any help and they don't need a man and they don't need this and they don't need that and that's fine but do you not need anyone or are you just so used to having to do things for yourself that you're used to muddling by and that was the question I began to ask myself was like is there really a person on earth who doesn't need a bit of help now and again I think that you have to be really careful of that not morphing into something destructive. It does morph into something.
1: Yeah, it does. And I can remember as a kid, my first feelings of devastation and disappointment. I decided I'm never going to depend on anyone ever again. And that's how I'm going to stay safe. And that's okay then, because that's what your survival is. But then it does morph into something destructive when you now function like that as an adult. I don't need to depend on anyone. I can do it myself. Well, you can't. And it said, I read something really interesting. It said individuals perceive those who seek advice as more competent than those who do not. So those women you're talking about that take pride in the fact that they don't depend on anyone for anything don't really appear as competent as they think they do because there's asking for help for yourself, There's being willing to give help to others. There's the kinds of people who will help everyone around them but won't let anyone help them. And they think that that is okay. That's not okay. It's really a struggle to be close to someone who will not accept help. It's a pain in the fucking ass. It's draining. It was so annoying. It's an energy that needs to go both ways. It needs to flow. You need to give a lot of help and you need to accept a lot of help. Um, Steve Jobs said some really interesting things about help. He said in a famous interview in 1994, I've never found anyone who said no or hung up the phone when I called because I've always just called and asked for what I needed clearly and constructively. And he says, and when people ask me for help, I try to be just as responsive because I feel that that's a debt that I need to pay back with gratitude. So- There are many, many people who have helped each of us in our lives. Think of all the countless people that have helped you get to where you are today, emotionally, financially, Mm -hmm. whatever it could be, helping you move house one day, sharing their meal with you, giving you a loan. We have had so much help, each of us. And we have a debt to Mm -hmm. pay back by paying it forward, by saying yes to help when it's needed from us. Does that ever happen to you where someone asks you for something and you kind of clam up and don't want to give the help and you come up with all these reasons why you can't, but then you think, you know what? I need help when I ask for it. So give it here. You got to keep that energy flowing. It needs to flow through you. It can't stay stuck like that. Just like money. Money needs to flow as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I have never had that experience. I don't because um, you give help to everyone. So I'm interested to know if you accept help back the same as you give. Well,
0: I, ha- I and I have been helped so much right. and been given so much to that for me, it, f- it flows. It's a balance. And it fe- It feels good. It feels like I needed a lot of help when I was younger. And now I'm able to help others in a way, that I didn't have the capacity, time or resources to do so when I was younger. And I think it's just come with me just getting older and going, do you know what? I People have been so generous and so kind to me in my life. And it wasn't a decision or anything. I think it was just upon reflection the change began to happen. Also, you know, Ryan helped people so much and he was such an amazing example of that. It was like there was no end to the amount of energy that he could put into helping other people and that was really inspiring to me because I thought if he could do it with his job and his responsibilities that he had why on earth would couldn't I do it with mine which were much less than his so I think that I've been lucky to have people around me who are really good examples of, of being a helpful person a helpful you know community member but I have found help embarrassing and hard at times I would say is probably the one thing I can relate to is like and especially given my experience over the last year yeah which has been very very humbling I have needed more help in the last year than I've ever needed before in my life with so many things but mostly with very everyday things you know at the beginning eating yeah, showering, uh, remembering literally anything, what time of day it is, have I had anything to drink all day, all of those things. I was literally taken back to the studs, you know, of somebody had to feed me or I didn't eat. Somebody had to be with me when I was out because I couldn't be out alone. Somebody had to sleep in my bed with me because I could not sleep alone, as you know. Mm -hmm. You came and stayed with me many times. When you have an experience where you're so vulnerable and so debilitated that for every minute of your day you need help...
1: You have no choice but to accept it.
0: (laughs) I had no choice. None. And if anything, that's fueled me now more so to be as helpful as i possibly can to people wherever i can and because i know that i have survived the last year of my life through accepting help something which was really hard for me to do as a younger person yeah and it has been such a great lesson it has been such a great lesson of the miracles that can happen if you just surrender and go, fucking how I need help. And I had to. I had no choice. It wasn't even conscious. But my, the choice I did have was I had to surrender. Mm-hmm. That was all I knew how to do was to surrender to my reality and my situation and admit that I was completely vulnerable. You could have stolen all my money from me during that time. I could have given you my car and signed my house over. It, I, I was so vulnerable. I do not know if I had been on my own, if I would have eaten. I don't believe I would have. You know, it, it's made me completely reevaluate the whole thing. And I love helping. I always have, but now more than ever, I feel like, you know what you're saying about pay it back. It's so much easier for me ever than ever before to help because the impact that helping has had on my life yeah. saved my life. Yeah. So do you... Now I'm going to ask you maybe a tricky question. Do you find accepting help hard sometimes? Or when people give you offers of help, does it sort of put your back up slightly?
1: I used to. I used to have a really hard yeah. time with accepting help because as a young person, I made that decision in my yeah. brain that the way to survive was to do it myself. Now I'm really enjoying accepting help being with will Mm. has been really powerful in that way because he's a man i'm a woman and he's very chivalrous and it feels so beautiful to be taken care of in that way which i haven't really experienced with a man until now yeah and so same as ryan did with you with the uber like if i carry try to carry because my my instinct is just to do it myself because i'm used to being on my own and getting Mm -hmm. shit done and if I pick up the groceries to take them upstairs, Will won't allow it. Put them down. I'll carry them. You, you know, go up and get yourself a glass of water and relax. And so hmm. every day I'm being challenged in that way to let go and allow. And, of course, I do plenty. You know, I, I give to him just as much as he gives to of me. Course. I, of course. And I love giving. I'm, I'm the same I love giving and I love receiving because I've I've, I'm understanding now that it is a flow and that to not accept help is selfish because you are taking that joy away from the other person. It makes Will feel good and powerful to carry my groceries. It makes him feel good to make me a cup of tea after dinner.
0: What's the big deal? You know, that's that's the thing that I think to myself. It's like, what's the big deal? Like, even though I could do this to benefit who cares you can do it I could do those things
1: myself or but but I know what you mean sometimes your ego gets in the way sometimes somebody says Yeah. yeah here's a bit of of money you know here's a bit of this or that or I wanted to pay for this or you know you can pay me over time or whatever it is and you're going oh my god how fucking embarrassing like they think they must be saying that because they, you know, they think this about me. There you go. Yeah.
0: That's the bit of the conversation I want to get down to and dig into. It's like, I would like for us all to just have a think about, like, okay, why am I resisting help sometimes? Is it my ego? Is it because I'm coming up with these preconceived ideas about what somebody offering me, you know, oh, pay me back in increments? Or, you know, just because someone's saying I can carry your groceries doesn't mean that they think you're this fragile, feeble woman or can I walk you home and all these things. It, it's not a test. When somebody offers you help, it's not a test.
1: No, it's really, um, it's, it, it has to do with them. They People feel good when they are giving. People feel good when they're being of use and they're offering their use to someone else. People want to help. They really do. And I think if we think about it differently, it's not that we're pathetic or we're inept or incompetent. I think instead to switch the thinking to it's a group effort to solve a problem or improve a situation or improve things. It's constructive. So if you're clear about that with someone, when you need help, it'll feel much better than asking Mm. for help because I'm pathetic. No, it's, Will you join me in this group effort to achieve this goal? Because we both want things to go right.
0: And that's a really good tool, actually, now what you're saying. I'm thinking about if you need help and don't know how to ask for it, you know, maybe sit down and brainstorm some ideas of like, if it makes you feel better about asking for the help, like come up in advance with, say it's a financial thing, you know, can I borrow $500? If you want to come up with a payment plan, I'm in advance, you know, I'm going to pay you back on the 15th of every month for the next five months or six months. Does that work for you? You know, you can you can still take control of the situation and need help. You know, you can still be in control of yourself and you can still be empowered in your asking for help. It's not just like, oh, I'm flailing and I need the help. Please, somebody help me. There are so many ways that you can ask for help that feel empowering and I think that that's kind of what it left me thinking is you know obviously because of my situation and needing so much help that's a a bit of a different thing you know I understand that but there have been so many times in my life where I've needed money I have had nothing and I've had to borrow 500 quid here a thousand dollars there and and I felt so embarrassed by it but Every time I've said why, here's my plan, this is what I need to do with it, and this is what I'm going to pay you back by, it's made it feel much easier. Yeah. You know, things like, you know, I need to move house. Can you help me? Recently I had to move house and I needed help. And I asked, you know, somebody couldn't do it at the last minute that was going to help me, and I had to ask Will for help. And I felt embarrassed to do it slightly But he was so sweet and he made it so comfortable and so easy and he was so brilliant that it was another little reminder of like, oh, it's okay to ask for help. And you know what his reaction
1: was when you asked him? His reaction was joyful. He was like, oh my gosh, Annabelle wants me to come help her. He said, for everything she's done for us, I am more than happy to do this and there's no way she's paying me. He said she is always helping everyone around her. And of course I'll go help her. And he felt needed. He felt necessary. He felt useful. That's a very, very powerful thing to give to someone to help them feel useful. And what made me feel better about it was like, I,
0: you know, are you Ubering? I want to pay for your Uber. He wasn't, he was driving, but like, I'm absolutely going to get you lunch, you know? And do. that's how I feel better about the fact that he was coming and giving me, you know, all of that time, his energy, his strength, you know, all of that. We sat down, we had a nice lunch, we spent time together. And that made me feel better about it. And there are ways I think that when it is hard to ask for help, that you can soften it for yourself. And um, it just, that lady the other day, it made me feel sad. It made me think, God, are there people out there who who need help who aren't asking for it? And it, I just wanted to have this conversation with you because if there are people listening who need help and don't need don't know how to ask or don't want to ask or feel embarrassed, I just wanted to have this conversation to maybe encourage people. If, if you do need help, it's okay. First of all, it's really really okay. It doesn't mean that you failed or you're weak. No, and also. Don't be scared or embarrassed to do it. There are ways to do it. And and people, like you've said again and again today, people love to help. I love to help. You love to help. Will love to help when I ask him. I'm around people. Everyone in my life is a helper. And if you are a helper, the other side to that is like, make sure that you are accepting help as well, because otherwise your cup is going to get empty real quick. Exactly. You can't just be giving and, giving and giving and giving and giving and giving to everyone else and not have your shit replenished and not have your shit reciprocated. Just because you can do everything yourself doesn't mean you should. We're not meant and to. Me, no, we're really not. <laughs> and on the, the others. No, the, yeah. The age old expression
1: is it takes a village. Like, it really does. It really does. And I'm really learning to love that group that group effort and that group mentality. And on the other side of what you're saying is you also can't be taking and taking and taking without giving. No. So no. when you focus on giving, you are t- also taken care of. It might not be literally in the way that you think it'll come back to you. Yeah. But it does. Now, there's one thing I love in Judaism – At one of their holy holidays, which I've taken part in some of them, such a beautiful concept, which is that you serve everyone to your right. You serve everyone Mm -hmm. next to you so that you are, in turn, taken care of by the person as it comes back to you through the line. And I always try to keep that in mind. But that gets us in trouble sometimes because we go, well, I keep filling up other people's cups and I'm not getting my yeah. cup filled up. And then you get resentful and yeah. then you go, fuck it. And then you just shut down. It's not going to be literal. It may not come back to you in the way that you're thinking. But you are being taken care of. Yeah. Somehow, way, yeah, behind the scenes.
0: It's like a fine balance. It's a, it's definitely a fine balance, and I think it takes a lot of self awareness and um, also discipline. If you are a giver, not to just give and give and give and give all the time, have boundaries, take care of yourself, be sensitive to yourself. Maybe do I need to help myself tonight? You know, do I need to get my shit in order tonight? It's actually gonna make you a better helper if you are taking care of yourself. You're just outputting all the time you can't help anyone you're not used to anyone um and i think that's really really important on the other side of things to say you know is
1: of accepting help is help yourself if you are one of those giving people i'm really glad you brought that up that was a main point that i've been thinking about to to talk to you today helping myself ourselves I've done, I get myself in this pattern where I'm late and I'm overbooking myself. So I'll give myself Mm -hmm. not enough time to get to my appointments and I'm just packed solid. And, and I run into trouble because then I'm, I'm late and I'm affecting other people because I'm stepping on their schedules. And my therapist said to me, why are you not asking for what you need? Because that's what this comes down to. And I hadn't realized Mm -hmm. that it was about me accepting help from myself, offering help to myself. You need more time Mm -hmm. to get to your appointments. (laughs) You can't handle teaching for six hours in a row. You need to offer yourself some help here and be smart about this. And I Mm -hmm. thought a lot about this last night. You have to be smart about that threshold, about knowing when to push through to get something done and when to step back and take Mm -hmm. help or give yourself help. You've got to be smart about that. Like you said, you have to put those boundaries in. Yeah. How do you know when it's time to ask for help? How do you know when enough is enough? That's a tricky one. It's hard for us to know. We think, well, oh, I can just go one more day. I think one more day trying to figure it out on my own or one more hour. I can do it. No Step back Mm. Ask for help Allow help I took the subway this week To get somewhere I needed to go And I was sitting in a seat It was getting busy The subway in Los Angeles is not like it is in New York or London It's uh, Hell
0: no not,
1: Not like business people going to their jobs It's very scary I'm sitting in a seat and a man, a very crazy homeless man, sits basically in my lap, sat next to me and shoved in to scoot me over. And my first reaction in a situation like that, and we've said this before, is to try to out crazy them. So I just I started yelling and I went, I have COVID and I like yelled at him and (laughs) He started laughing at me and like getting closer to me and looking at me with this crazy look in his eye. And I went, I've got AIDS. I have herpes. I have. And I started laughing. I started just, just looking at him the way he was looking at me and googly eyes and everyone around me was moving farther away from me. But I was trying to out crazy him. That was my first um, instinct thinking he'd get up and he didn't. He was, he was enjoying it. He had this look of pleasure in his eye and he just thought I was fascinating. So then I didn't know what to do next. So I took my feet and I put them up and I literally put my feet on him and shoved to get him to move away from me, which also didn't work. He's just still looking at me like he wants to play. And then I thought for a second, and I thought, what do I do? I can't ask anyone for help in this moment. I've got to figure this out myself. I could see there was like a, a knife in his pants, like a little switchblade. Mhm. Uh I I was in between stops and I looked at him. I'm I'm <laughs> Who knows if this was wrong or right, but I started asking him questions. And I said, "Where are you from?" Because mm. my next instinct was to keep him talking. Yeah and he tells me he's from France he has eight brothers and sisters his mother died during covid he wasn't able to go to the funeral his brother died in a knife fight he's a painter he started sharing his life story with me and mm-hmm. i just figured fuck it just keep him talking as long as i can and then i and then my stop came and i got up and i said well this is my stop oh and he looked at me and he and he was studying me and he said you are a dragon and an angel all in one. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, the way you were screaming at me, that was, you were a dragon and now you're being an angel. And that's amazing. That's all rolled into one. And I said, well, we're all angels and dragons, aren't we? And um, so I got up, I said, this is my stop. And I took off running and he stood up and he said, this is my stop too. And he started running after me. Oh, and no he had a lot of stuff he was yeah. carrying he had like a dog bed he had some he had bags and I took off running as fast as I could and I bolted out of there. I ran up three flights of stairs I called will, <laughs> where are you that's will- the most that's the most exercise you've had in about fifteen years I know that's what will said too I couldn't breathe for ten <laughs> minutes. he was like Jesus Christ, that's from two flights of stairs. So I get in the car and I can't tell him what happened for literally 10 minutes until I calm down. And uh, he was furious at me. He said, don't ever do that again. He said, first of all, you're never going on the subway again. Second of all, why you 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 refused to ask for help. You should have stood up and gotten as far away from him as you could and asked someone for help. And I said, yeah. Will, I did the best I could in the moment. I didn't want to stand up because I knew he would follow me. And I didn't want to turn it into a real like confrontation where, where I pissed him off. I saw he had a knife. There was no one yeah. to ask for help. I did the best I could in that situation. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, what is that in me, in each of us that sometimes, how do we know when to stand and fight or when to say, you know what, I need help in this situation? that's a tough line anyway it was just it was a something for me to think about I in the moment I handled it the best that I felt that I could and and I used the tactics that I had and I kept him will you ever do that
0: again because I think that's a bit I thought I think that's that was like fight fire with fire there a
1: little bit I mean, unfortunately, that's a part of my personality. That's what I go to yeah. first. Instead of asking for help first, I will stand my ground and fucking fight fire with fire. It's not the smartest sometimes, and yeah, and I mean, sometimes
0: it is. But you know, a situation like that. Well, that's what I'm it saying. It's a very dangerous. tricky.
1: This is a very tricky road. This help topic because it's case by case basis, right? And we will do great at it some days, and we won't at other on other yeah. days. And yeah. it's we think, oh, I know how I would have handled that in this situation. But each of us are different and Well, as soon as that adrenaline kicks in, you don't really actually know
0: how you're gonna react in those situations, truthfully.
1: Yeah, I can look back and say, Yes, I should have stood up and run away and screamed for yeah. help and all this stuff. That's just not my personality. I'm just like, oh fucking do you Also you probably he probably would have loved it.
0: That's oh, what I mean. God. Like he would have gotten yeah. off on
1: that. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But anyway, it, with
0: crazy people, it's like really. I mean, especially with homeless people in LA, it's just there's no like right answer for that stuff. I know. I've had two people, two women I know in the last week I've had have similar situations, both traumatized by it. So I don't know. It's hard to say what to do in those situations. You adrenaline kicks in. I've I've been attacked as well and strangulated by a man in the street and my reaction was nothing like I would have thought like in my head I was like oh I would would fight back and I would punch the guy and I'd be so strong my you know and it's like that's literally not what I did at all I just completely shut down so it it is hard to say but yeah that that is a
1: situation where ideally you would have asked for help but You know, the interesting thing is I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind to ask for help until, until Will said, you should have asked for help. I went, holy shit, that was a situation where I should have asked for help. I didn't think I needed to. I thought I could solve it myself. I thought I could handle it myself. And that is the trap. And that is that little girl that decided that she was going to handle everything herself. Mm.
0: Yeah, not necessary or for you. Many times, no, not helpful um, as an adult. <laughs> well, thank God you've got will. That's all I have to say. The voice Te- of reason about teaching you about how to accept help. I think there comes a time in our lives when we all need people like that, and um, I'm proud of you for allowing that to happen. Because I, I think that another
1: Lucy wouldn't have. No, not at all. I've pushed anyone away who tried to help me for a long time, and now I, I love being helped and helping. Don't be embarrassed
0: to accept help. Find a way to empower yourself through, um, you know, asking for help by making a plan. And if you are a helper, make sure you're taking the time to help yourself so that you can use your superpower to its absolute best. Yeah. I would say is my final thoughts on the subject. Yeah. Any final thoughts from yourself? I don't have anything to add. Just maybe, just you need to start carrying a switchblade around. Yeah, I just need to get the, the
1: pepper spray and the switchblade, and not scream at people that I have diseases. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real. Fucking
0: mad bitch energy. What I would have given to have been a fly on the wall for that. I was screaming. But I had AIDS. like, that is
1: really crazy, Lucy. And then he didn't her. do anything. I was like, really? Nothing? Damn. Okay. <laughs> Next tactic. That didn't work. <laughs> You're fucking mental. He loved it. He fucking loved it
0: oh god i kind of wish you had his number he sounds interesting he was interesting he had A beautiful <laughs> french accent a painter i know i'm so i've got so many questions about this mysterious man now. i know um all right babe well all I'm right glad we could have this chat this helpful chat <laughs> good one all right well everyone this week help and be helped feels great both ways
1: help and be helped that's our new t-shirt love you love you help i need somebody help not just anybody help you know i need someone help when i was young I was so much younger than today i never needed anybody's help in any way I'm